Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast, brought to you by our good friends at DoorDash. Pepsi, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, this felt like the best week of NFL action we've had yet. Yeah, I feel like each week it keeps getting better. A lot of really good games in the early slate capped off with this Seattle Cowboys game that just finished up a little while ago. So it's great to have that rolling. MLB regular season comes to an end this weekend. Playoffs starting up for that soon. Lakers going to the final. So feels like all sports are uh, reaching its peak right now. Mm-hmm. SEC came back yesterday as well. Um, so we truly have everything firing on all cylinders. As you said, baseball playoffs start this week. So that'll be 
I'm I'm excited. I feel like this baseball, the regular season after the first couple of weeks feels like the NBA stole stole baseball shine. And then from there, NFL came in the picture and MLB definitely got put on the back burner. But playoff baseball is the best. And these three game series are going to be nuts. Yeah, it's exciting to have that. I was looking at the bracket. It's it's pretty comical. The Marlins made the playoffs given they almost ruined the season a week in. Um, so it'll be fun to see them in it. You know, Yankees Indians should be a really good first round series. Bieber versus Cole in that opening game. So yeah, I'm excited. And as you mentioned, college football back yesterday. SEC was back. Big Ten in a few weeks. So start starting to feel a little more normal and have you know some normal weekends uh, around here. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 coming back. The MAC announcer returning. So seems like college football is a full go. Um, but a lot of craziness today. Uh, it was it was a great red zone day, I would say. In the early games, I think all but one over hit. So a lot of points, a lot of action, a lot of Andrew Siciliano or Scott Hansen, depending on your uh, cable provider. Um, Tyler, I'll, I'll get us started here. My Sunday scariest moment. Um, it's got to be Philadelphia Eagle fans watching Nick Foles lead a comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. They let Foles walk. He goes to sign as the... The Bears' backup quarterback. The Bears 2-0, and and Trubisky, I mean, actually played okay uh, versus the Giants, but they bench him. Foles leads a comeback there. And on the flip side of the coin, they end up tying versus Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Wentz looks subpar again. And just Doug Peterson had very head-scratching decision-making at the end of that game. In overtime, uh, they basically like played it safe and were doing like QB dives with Carson Wentz as if they're on like the Bengals 15 yard line, but they were really setting themselves up for a 59 yard field goal. They get a false start penalty as they line up for the first field goal attempt. So now you're at 64 yards. So at this point there's like about 10 seconds left. You either, my opinion, you kick, I think you just kick the 64 yarder and give it a shot with Jake Elliott. who's a pretty good kicker or you do a hail Mary. One of the two, probably not going to lose on that um and uh instead they just pumped the ball yeah the eagles the eagles are terrible um carson wentz he stinks he just flat out stinks he threw two more picks today at the overtime he should have thrown a third one the guy in cincinnati dropped it they probably would have lost the game game if he had caught that um but yeah if you're a fan it's very scary seeing Foles. i mean since Frank Reich has left, that offense kind of hasn't been the same. I feel like he was kind of maybe the real secret sauce there, maybe not as much uh, Doug Peterson. But Carson Wentz is brutal. I had I had Bengals money line in a couple uh, parlays, and it pushed because the game ended in a tie. But, God, Carson Wentz is bad. And they were six-point favorites, five-and-a-half, depending where you got it. It felt like way too many points. This is one of the worst teams in the league, I think. Um, and the Eagles... Like this, I think you're going to have to consider uh, maybe benching him. Jalen Hurts got today. You know, they took him second round, so you figure they want to start using him more. Yeah, the Eagles Eagles are then I took a bet before the season not to make the playoffs, so feeling pretty good about that one so far. Yeah, I mean, they'll have a chance just given how bad it looks like the NFC East is this year. And give Joe Burrow credit. He, I thought his head was going to get uh, taken out when he got absolutely lit up in the first half of this game, but he came back. I mean, he's 
he looks impressive. His numbers were good again today, 31-44, 312 yards, threw for two touchdowns, but he was sacked eight times. Like, if I'm if I'm the Bengals GM and front office, I just want your, Joe Burrow to finish the season in one piece because I do think he's good enough as to be your franchise guy going forward, but you got to protect that asset. Now, the other half of this Sunday scariest moment, the fact that Nick Foles came in yet again and, and pulled off his wizard, wizardry, Never made money uh, fading Nick Foles when he went on those playoff runs multiple times with the Eagles. Um, and the Atlanta Falcons, let me just pull up. Uh, where Where is it? So they blew 15-point leads two weeks in a row. And let me find it for you here, Tyler. Need my stat boy. Here we go. So Field Yates tweeted over the last 20 seasons, no team has blown multiple 15-point fourth quarters leads in a single season. The Falcons did it in week two and three. Uh, so all just new new levels of greatness for your boy Dan Quinn, and it just feels so predictable. Like they have the Falcons have the ball late. They're driving to try and uh, go ahead there, and it's just it's not going to happen with them. Yeah, it feels like each week they just keep topping how incompetent they are. Um, you know, talking about the looking at the Cowboys, they're lucky they're not 0-3, but the Falcons are just that stupid that they gifted them a win, gifted the Bears a win this week. I mean, the fact Dan Quinn hasn't been fired yet is shocking to me, and that was kind of my Sunday scariest moment. Because, you know, we had Hugh Jackson a couple years ago. He got fired. Uh, Jason Garrett last year lost his job. Looks like Dan Quinn's run is coming to an end, and I'm a little sad as terrible of a coach he is, and I advocate for him to be fired. I'm sad we don't have a lot more uh, time with Dan Quinn, so let's appreciate it for however long we have. It could be till tomorrow morning. It could be for another week or two. Um, so let's just be appreciative of this time we have with Dan Quinn. Each week they just keep topping how they blow these games, and it it's truly incredible. I just pulled up their box score from last week's game versus Dallas because I was curious. So this week they got outscored in the fourth quarter 20 to nothing. Last week they got outscored 16 to 10. Now doing some simple math for you here, Tyler. It's giving allowing 36 points in the last two fourth quarters. As you've said numerous times the last couple of years, he's hired to be a defensive coach. Um, it's, it's just not going to cut it. We know this Falcons team does have uh, fantasy football talent, Madden talent, but it's, it's just not happening. Somehow the bears are three and out here. Um, and, uh, sitting, depending on what happens here tonight with this Packers saints game, but we'll be sitting at least tied on top of the uh, NFC North standings. I mean, I think they're frauds, but that extra playoff spot and their defense, maybe they eke out nine wins and that's enough. Yeah, you start 3-0, and and especially this year with starting with an extra wildcard team, you should get into the playoffs, and their schedule isn't super difficult. They play their next two games at home and then at uh, Carolina, and their next two games are versus the Colts and the Bucks, who I would say are better teams, but it's not like a huge difference. So it could be in a position where they could sneak away from FC North. Um, they, they definitely shouldn't be 3-0 and at this point. They've won by the skin of their teeth in two of these games and almost lost to the Giants last week. It looks like Tariq Cohen might have torn his ACL. Fortunate for them. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they say. Nagy wasn't committing to Foles, but I mean, you have to go to him, right? The way he came in and led the comeback. He's horrible. 
Um, he was terrible in the second last week versus the Giants. He was terrible again today. He missed so many easy throws. He had Anthony Miller wide open for a touchdown before halftime, overthrew him. You just can't go back to Trubisky. He's he's done. He's horrible. Yeah, uh, I have nothing more to add on him. He's, he's not good. Foles is going to be the guy there. It was only a matter of time before they trotted him out there. And you could tell the fact that they were 2-0 and still benched him at the beginning of the second half of this game, like, it was, uh, Nagy was definitely itching to do so. Um, but, I mean, we had, a, we had a bunch of crazy games here today. Let's, since the game just ended and it's, like, fresh in terms of the, the amount of frustration uh, my Dallas Cowboys, I'll take ownership for them. They, they lost again this week to, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Now Seattle just their defense. We spoke, we spoke about it on the pick podcast. They had the worst passing defense in the league. They did not help themselves out this week. Uh, they, they allowed over 470 yards passing to Dak. Um, and it just, Russell Wilson is just incredible. I mean, he threw for let me pull up, pull it up exactly here. Uh, he threw for five touchdowns, 27 to 40, 315 yards. Going into this game, he only had 11 incompletions on the season, so he had 13 more today. So that bumps that up a little bit. But he really should have had six touchdowns because DK Metcalf got lazy, kind of pulled it to Sean Jackson there, um, and and the ball got popped out as he wasn't uh, sprinting into the end zone, but. This Dallas Cowboys team, Tyler, we were both on them, sprinkled a little on the money line, and I saw this tweet, all these things had to happen for the Cowboys not to cover. So they were five-point dogs, the Cowboys. They lost by seven. Um, After their last touchdown in the fourth quarter, they missed the two-point conversion. If Seattle had just run the clock down on that last drive and kicked the field goal, they cover. If the Cowboys don't commit a penalty on the two-point conversion attempt by Seattle, they cover. Um, If the Cowboys, yeah, if they stop them on the second two-point conversion attempt, they cover. And lastly, if they score on that last drive, they cover. So the Cowboys, they had a nice comeback, um, but it was kind of classic Dak Prescott, Jason Garrett. Uh, I know he's not there anymore, but it felt like a very emblematic game where he puts up big numbers, but they just don't win the game. Yeah, what's the saying? A tiger never loses it. Is that right? I don't think so, but sure. It's. it's I think that's. A, I think people say that. You know, the Cowboys. They could add all these pieces. They got C.D. Lamb, who is a stud. I mean, their receiving core is awesome. They bring in McCarthy, change up the coaching staff. You expect new things, and they're the same team they always are. Even with Garrett, they have so much talent, but they always find ways to shoot themselves in the foot. They missed two extra points that really uh, bit them. The two-point conversion, I thought, was a horrible call. They don't get it. They commit they commit 10 penalties for 59 yards, which 59 yards isn't a lot, but it just felt like they were always committing penalties at really crucial. They scored a touchdown in the first half. That was just basically all because of Cowboy penalties. Like you mentioned, the two the penalty they conver- uh, committed on the two-point conversion at the end of the game was a killer. Um, they're just they're not a well-disciplined team you know McCarthy's there but it's still the same old crap uh, some of the play calling at the end I thought was pretty terrible the screen they ran at the end of the game wasn't good um, so yeah it's the same same thing we always see and Russell Wilson is I mean he's incredible that, that K fumbled on that throw to him was unreal it was 
lofted so high and you just knew it was going to come down in DK's breadbasket. It was unreal throw. He's 14 touchdowns through three games. He ties Mahomes' record from 2018. I mean, he's clearly the MVP right now. We'll see what happens tomorrow between um, Lamar and Mahomes, but he's been awesome. Their, their defense stinks, though. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jamal Adams seemed like he was banged up. Um, it it is it's gonna be an interesting uh, season in the NFC West. We know our Niners are extremely banged up. The Rams lost a tough one today, but they look formidable. The Cardinals blew up everyone's teaser, myself included, uh, in the late game when they lost. But they also look like a playoff team. Um, it, it the the bottom line is Russell Wilson. Just watching these games, when you bet against him, it's it's terrifying, especially on those like third and fives, third and six. Uh, the Cowboys did not help themselves out at all. They had a lot of like defensive holding penalties, which are absolute killers. But he just finds a way to make plays and buy time in the pocket. And I'll give the Cowboys defense credit on this one thing. Alden Smith played great. They actually got pressure on Russell Wilson. Uh, but you just you have to. He's a cockroach. You have to squash him. And as someone who's had a cockroach in their apartment the last month, I know you have to run over and squash him. Um, and if you don't, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dak Prescott. I thought he played well for the most part in this game, but the interception he threw before halftime was terrible, and that was inexcusable. Then he, they allow Seattle to come down, and score right before the half. He start with the ball. Second half, he fumbled. You can't give Seattle those in the red zone like that. Um, so he, he made some big mistakes there. And you know, like you said, all those all against the Cowboys not to cover, but it so felt like they shouldn't have been in the game because they kept making mistakes. They kept they couldn't stop Russ for most of the game. Alden Smith did have a great. It was, it's shocking to see him play him play. Um, but it did feel like Cowboys. It felt like the Cowboys were lucky to even be in the game and be winning. In the fourth quarter, but yeah, brutal beat, especially um, like you said, if they were just able to hold them on that third down where Metcalf scores, they kick the field goal and you have a chance maybe or they run out the clock. But tough loss for the Cowboys. They go to one and two. I mean, who, who's going to win this NFC East? No one wants to win it. Them and Washington are tied at a one, oh, one and two. And meanwhile, everyone in the NFC West is two and one or three and oh. Yeah, I I don't feel great about my Cowboys over nine and a half wins, but I'll say that much. Um, so, you know what? You live and you learn. Um, other games, let's let's do your your half of the lock of the week, Tyler, um, and then we'll take a break after Rams Bills in the early game. You you put a tweet out into the ether. I don't know if you remember it word for word, but something about it not being much of a sweat. Um, when when the Bills were up 28 to three, Bills Mafia was going crazy. People jumping through tables, Chris Berman yelling somewhere, um, and then and then it got real for you pretty quickly. Yeah, another lock of the week that you know some people would say it was a sweat. I, I wouldn't. Um, I don't okay. think I put that out. That, I know it might have been 28. I didn't know if it was 28 or 21. So I thought when I put that out. I said, the Bills are a wagon, no sweat so far, my lock of the week. And then I tweeted and then added the gift, time to circle the wagons. So I guess they are the wagon in that case. Um, but yeah, they looked great. Josh Allen was playing awesome. He had three touchdowns up to that point. He had a, a rushing touchdown as well. Like, I was like, is Josh Allen really going to win MVP? Like, that was going through my head at that point. It's like, it looked like they were going to cruise. 
to a win here, go three. Well, they could be a top two seed in the AFC, given you know the, that division. The AFC East. Um, it's like, is Josh Allen really gonna really gonna win an MVP and like be on the contender like this? And the bad Josh, Josh. And it was it was frightening. Watch him play quarterback in that second half. Second half, twenty-eight to three. I've never seen make so many mistakes. The interception he threw, which was very questionable. I thought the guy in the Bills caught it. Um, gave the ball right back to the Rams after they cut it to twenty-eight to ten. He had a fumble, and I've never seen this in a game before. The quarterback had two fifteen-yard penalties. One was unsportsmanlike. I think he said something with the ref, and then he had a face mask. I've never seen that before, where the quarterback had two. <laughs> penalties in a game so it was up and down and somehow the bills uh, had a chance to win the game at the end and that fourth and eight uh that, that was a terrible experience called by the refs am i upset about it no because one the rams lost which helps the 49ers two is my lock of the week hit and i needed it desperately so i wasn't too upset but it was it was a terrible call yeah yeah the the josh allen experience I, I tweeted this out there. He's this year's version version of Jameis Winston. Um, he's going to make incredible throws. He's got all the arm talent. He can run anywhere. He's pretty reckless with his body, more than you would want uh, if, if he was your starting quarterback. Um, and then he'll make absolutely just boneheaded plays. You said the pick. There's one... There's one play later in the game where he's running and he probably could pick up like four or five yards and he tries to do one of his laterals and he just threw it out of bounds. It's like, come on, Josh Allen, did we not learn from the playoff game last year? Let's let's be a little careful here. But bottom line is his numbers are incredible. He got the job done at the end of the game uh, versus a really formidable Rams team here. Um, and and what was it? The they were minus two and a half. And this was a weird one where a lot of money was on the Rams. You went with a little bit of sharp play. You you dove into your next-gen stats. And you know what? I'm proud of you. I, I, I took this with you. Um, and, and it was a good win. It You know, at the lock of the week, if it's a blowout, it's it's not it's not fun enough if, if that's the case. Yeah, I get people on fun games and keep it thrilling throughout. I mean, when they you're went just, up to You're just doing your part. When they were up 28 to three, their defense too was playing incredible, flying all over the place. Goff looked really bad, and then they the Rams just put it together in the second half. They scored on four straight possessions. They looked awesome, and the defensive line for the Rams was incredible. Aaron Donald was like a man possessed coming up. You know when they were coming back in that game, it felt like he was getting to Josh Allen every player. He was freeing up someone to get to Josh Allen. It was wild to see how easily they're getting pressure on him. And talking about the spread at two and a half, they were down four. And I tweeted this. I was like, the Bills are going to score, go ahead to win the game, and then they're going to miss the extra point. So they would win 34-32, wouldn't cover, but win the game. Luckily, that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, this was an incredible game. Would have been a, It was a brutal loss either way for either team. For Buffalo to blow a 20-3 lead at home would have been tough to come back from. For the Rams, you feel like you should have won the game because you had that fourth down stop. Questionable penalty. And you're not going to win a ton of games where you get down 25 points. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you move to 2-1. and one. Uh, Let's take a quick break, have a couple of words from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with the other My Lock of the Week recap and Grandpa Billy's Bums. 
Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. You know what? I'm excited to watch the 49ers make it back to the Super Bowl and get over the hump this year. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurant like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Wow. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, Cody, now let's move on to your lock of the week. You have the Steelers minus four versus the Texans, and my play, like you said, was a sharp play. Yours was probably the most square play of the week. Um, This game was back and forth, but in the end, the Steelers ended up covering 28-21. You moved to two and one on your lock of the week, so give us a little recap. You just need to go out of your way to take a shit on my lock of the week, even though it was, it was an easy winner. Uh, so it it got off to a little bit of a rough start. So it wasn't quite as seamless as as one would hope. Uh, the Texans were up 14 to three. I I doubled down at that point on the Steelers. I think live money line they're like plus 170 or something like that. Um, and and they took care of business from there on out. Big Ben I think settled in a bit. He threw a couple of really nice passes to Eric Ebron. Um, and they ultimately held this Texans team scoreless in the second half. They outscored them 11 to nothing in the second half. And and the bottom line was this defense is the real deal. They didn't uh, sack <clears throat> uh, Watson quite as many times as I kind of thought they would, but they did enough. The Steelers team dominated time of possession. They had the ball for 37 out of the 60 minutes in the game. Texans only had 260 total yards of offense. And the reason I'm buying the Steelers team is I really think today's effort from Big Ben is all they need to win somewhere between 10 to 12 games because their defense is that good. Um, He threw for 237 yards, threw two touchdowns, and made a couple of big plays when it counted. James Conner, who was banged up a couple weeks ago, he rushed for over 100 yards. And this team just has a lot of playmakers. You look at... Their, their weapons. Juju hasn't had the biggest start to the year. Uh, Deontay Johnson got banged up in this one. I think got a concussion early. Um, but they, they do enough to get the job done. Bill O'Brien continues to, I don't know, be be less than spectacular. Um, and and I just I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. I mean, he got sacked five times. But 
it easily felt like it could have been eight to ten because he's just constantly running for his life, especially against the Steelers pass rush. So, yeah, I, I moved to two and one on the week. Some would say, oh, Cody, that's a little bit of a square play. It goes against all the all the trends when a team's own two, their cover rate in week three said, you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm going into the eye of the storm. And the Steelers got it done for me. And, and it was it was nice um, because I was sweating it. It was I mean, the bills were. Uh, the the next Super Bowl champs at the end of the first half of that game, the Steelers looked like we we're gonna get get a classic bin, Big Ben laying an egg game, um, but it, they got they got it together for me and that was good. I mean, it's nice to be two and one. You wanna you wanna definitely wanna stay above 500 on locks of the week. So Steelers minus four, a good hit. Um, do you have do you have anything more to say? Maybe do you wanna apologize? I'm not gonna apologize. I mean, they were losing. Going into the fourth quarter, Steelers are three and zero. I haven't been overly impressed. Their defense is pretty good, but it's just like I don't know. It's early in the season. Big Ben's still working his way back, so I guess we have to give obviously some time for them to get fully in sync. Just I don't know it seems like a weird team. I know Deshaun Watson got paid a lot of money, and obviously that sets him up for life. But like I would have liked to see him not take the extension just for the fact like. Why would you want to stay on this Houston team? They're so dysfunctional. Bill O'Brien's a terrible coach. He's also the GM and has not done a good job. I would have loved to see him, you know, put a little pressure on them to like make some actual like winning moves or he was going to walk. Obviously, when you're offered that kind of money, it's hard to say no, but it's just sad. Like he's going to be wasting away on this awful Texans team when we see, you know, tomorrow night, Lamar Mahomes, the two best teams in the league going at it. I feel like Deshaun is at that level maybe a slight no, level below the, let me finish a slight level below that <laughs> if Deshaun was on if Deshaun was on one of these teams that had a great coaching great support system I think he could be right there with them um the Chiefs Mahomes is incredible but Ma- Watson on the Chiefs would be incredible as well um Texans are just so dysfunctional I just don't I don't think he's he's helped out a lot um I wanted to ask you this because Steelers sure. are Steelers are 3-0. A couple of these 3-0 teams that I'm not super sold on. Out of these teams, let me know who you're buying, who you're not buying. Um, the Steelers are 3-0, the Titans, and so the Bears. So is this like, is this like uh, around the horn back in the day, buy or sell? Buy or sell, pretenders, contenders. So out of okay. out of the Steelers, the Titans, the Bears, the Bills, like who of those teams do you think is the best and who do you think? It's just not. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. So, so I've had. I mean, the Bears are definitely a fraud. So that's that's easy. In terms of, I, I think the out of those three AFC teams, so we have the Steelers, the Bills, and the Titans. Uh, I'm gonna rank them in that order, just because I I believe I really believe in this Steelers defense. I think we've seen from the Bills defense that hasn't been quite as impressive as we would have expected. They've given up a lot of points uh, early in the season and it's still the Josh Allen factor where he's going to, he's going to need to prove it to me over a longer stretch that he can be a reliable quarterback and hopefully learn to make better decisions. So I'm taking the Steelers one, the bills are two and I'm going to say the Titans are three. And I saw this tweet. So Titans are three and oh this year straight up, but own three against the spread. So they've won three close games where they've been favored in all, but uh, I think Tannehill is definitely an upgrade with what they had with Mariota in years past. But that's that's my order. Are you in agreement, or I think you like the Bills more than Steelers? Yeah, I'd have the Bills slightly ahead of 
the Steelers. I think the Bills offensively are a little more explosive than Pittsburgh. And the defense, they didn't play great today, especially in the second half. But I still think that's a really good defense and a well-coached team. Tennessee, you know, point differential through three games is plus six. And now that I'm thinking about it, they've won every game on the last minute or last second field goal. So, yeah. they, you know, you're 3-0, you should be happy about it. But they haven't played their best ball yet. Um, but let's move on to Grandpa Billy's bums of the week. Um, I'll go first here. I'm going to go to the college ranks, um, the defending national champs. I'm going to make them my Grandpa Billy's bum of the week, the LSU Tigers. Lost their first game yesterday, defending national champions, 44-34 versus Mississippi State. Um, LSU lost a ton of guys from last year. There's no denying that. I heard a stat that they've lost 19 starters from last year. It's, it's very hard to replace, especially, yeah, especially with not a full spring camp and training camp and all of that. But Mississippi State lost the second most players in the SEC and had a new coaching staff with Mike Leach come in, transfer quarterback. Miles Brennan, the LSU quarterback, has been on LSU the last three years. KJ Costello was from Stanford, new coach, new quarterback, and they go into Death Valley, win that game by 10. Costello threw for 600 yards, five touchdowns. Um, so that's my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. All we heard about last year, how great of a coach Coach O was. Um, I was never fully bought in. This is you being bitter because you just lost money fading LSU off last year. I definitely lost a bit of money. That's true. But that team was made. That team was incredibly talented. Coach O obviously has a hand in recruiting, but it was all put together by the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, who left is now the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. He's gone. Some of those studs are gone. Let's see how great of a coach Coach O is now, if he's able to put together another type of team or he needs the help of his highly paid assistants. Um, so that's my Grandpa Billy's Bum of the Week, LSU, uh, losing to Mississippi State. Okay. Yeah, good for your boy Mike Leach, former uh, Texas Tech great, bringing, I guess, apparently the same high-octane offense to to his new landing spot. Um, sorry to cut you Mississippi State won six games last year. This wasn't like a 10-win team LSU was going up against. And I was thinking about this yesterday, and I saw a couple things on Twitter about it. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury got the head coaching job in Arizona, and he had worse success at Texas Tech in the Big 12. Mike Leach was great at Texas Tech. They were number two in the nation in 2008 at one point. Does Mike Leach get a head coaching offer in the NFL at some point? His offense, I feel like, to college then. <laughs> It's more likely that it would work now, and the fact Cliff Kingsbury has a job, I don't think it's crazy. Uh, his personality is so wonky. I don't know. Um, I, I hope what would be best case is if he were to get like an offensive coordinator job on the Raiders and be with Gruden and team those two up. I think that's that's your best case for a, the next season of Hard Knocks. Yeah, that, that could be pretty electric, but... I think it's definitely worth the discussion. It's only one game, but we've seen him for years wherever he is have success. He was Washington State coach with Gardner Minshew, and we're seeing Minshew's like a decent quarterback in the NFL, and he took him from nothing pretty much and made him really good in college. Like It's not out of the realm of possibility that he can make it work in the NFL. We've seen other guys get these jobs. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like a Chip Kelly light in terms of that offense. So we'll see. I think it's possible. I could definitely see him landing an offense coordinator job in the NFL. Just a matter of if he would want to do that. Um, my grandpa Billy's bum of the week. 
Real quick before we go into that, we skipped our our new segment, Monkey Knife Fight recap, just based on our picks. Uh, new sponsor of the podcast, Monkey Knife Fight. Use promo code Full Slate. Real quick, Tyler, we both went into this. Uh, we picked basically players in in the Cowboys Seattle game, and there were a ton of points. So our props hit. I took the over for Dak and Russ's passing yards, so that was a nice one that paid out about three to one. And you're you did the touchdown over, right? Yeah, so I did the touchdown over two and a half with Zeke Lockett and DK Metcalf, which totaled at three, four, four. Like I said, I played a conservative first week on a monkey knife fight. It only paid out uh, 1.5, but yeah, if you raised it, would have paid out a little more. But yeah, it was high-scoring game, so it was, it was a fun uh, other kind of bet to have, and especially a shootout that and how well Lockett played is it's a good time. Mm-hmm. A lot of wide open touchdowns there for Tyler Lockett. Um, so yeah, going back to wrap it up, my grandpa Billy's bumla week. I think I gave out Adam Gase either last week or a couple weeks ago. I'm going back to the well here and just generally saying New York football teams, uh, arguably the two worst teams in the league. They were collectively outscored today, 72 to 16. Our 49ers were decimated. Like when I saw the full roster of guys that were hurt and not playing this week, either out for the year on the IR, just uh, out until, say, next week. It's a full-on all-star team. Um, if you surrounded the, just filled out a roster around them, uh, and they still routed the Giants. They were playing without. 49ers were playing without 12 of their 22 Super Bowl starters from last year. It was kind of like a fourth-week preseason game, and you you would have never known they they handled the Giants. And then I'll admit it. I thought the Jets would play better today. We're in a pick'em pool with our cousin, and I thought they would cover. Hand up. That's on me. They did not. They got crushed 38 to seven. Adam Gay saying uh, he's he's got to be better better with his job. I think uh, it's it seems like the the rumors are swirling. We may get our first head coaching victim if Dan Quinn makes it through tomorrow. Um, Adam Gase, if they lose to the Broncos next Thursday night, which is what was the NFL thinking with the with the schedule Thursday night games out of the gate? Like these these teams were all clearly going to be pretty bad. But yeah, I'm going the New York football teams. And lastly, these two teams just should be thankful that MetLife isn't going to have fans all season because they would get absolutely destroyed. Daniel Jones looked remarkably unimpressive today, except when he's running. I realize they don't have Saquon, but at this point, it's, I mean, it's only year two, so still early, but he's got to be better. Sam Darnold continues to throw terrible interceptions. It's starting to get hard to know how much of it is to blame on Gase and the lack of weapons versus someone just making bad decisions. So I'm going with the New York football team um, teams, and this would be very close to uh, Grandpa Billy's heart, given his uh, allegiance to either the Giants or Jets, depending on the day of the week. No, I gave him a call after the 49ers game. He, he didn't pick up, I think. He was just so devastated. It was probably taking some time to think about it. But, yeah, it's, they're, they're both awful. And like you said, it's a good thing that fans, because especially the Jets, would be getting just booze rained down on them. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones. Saquon was out, Sterling Shepard. But like you said, the 49ers are so banged up, especially defensively. You know, no Bosa. Ford, no, no. Um, no Richard Sherman 
Akella Weatherspoon, their third cornerback, didn't play. Second quarterback, Emmanuel Mosley, got a concussion pretty early in the game and went out. And they're starting these reserves. Jason Verrett, who hasn't played since 27, is locking them up. You know, Daniel Jones has to game. And yeah, I mean, you pick the Jets against that. Um, they're, they're terrible. Darnold threw two pick sixes. Gase is running thin, I think. Even if they win on third, why would you like? Why would you keep him at this point? What do you of keeping him in that locker room anymore? You have to see what you have with Darnold. I don't think it's working with Gase. Um, so I would fire him right now. I would fire Dink now. It's it's sad time for the New York teams that we both love just so much. Mm-hmm, exactly. We're truly devastated. Um, yeah, Nick Mullins. I mean, I. I, I was half half kidding, but like, so Nick Mullins went 25 of 36, 343 yards through a touchdown. Is he better than Daniel Jones? Yeah, he's better than Daniel Jones. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I think he also is on a team with a much better coach and Kyle Shanahan. And even as decimated as a 49 I think their skill players were probably better than the Giants. Um, Brandon Ayuk had a nice game. McKinnon played well. And also, he's going up against defense, who is terrible, and the 49ers defense played pretty well. Um, so I'd say right now, Nick Mullins is probably better. Um, but yeah, it was a good win for the 49ers, good win for both of us on our locks of the week. So I think that wraps it up, and we'll be back this week with the next pick on pod. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.